Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. Today we're talking to the managing director of a well-established Cheshire-based IT company helping businesses manage their communication technology solutions. Our guest has had a lifetime's experience in IT culminating in running his own business that now partners with some of the world's largest IT companies. On Business Brunch today, we're pleased to welcome the MD of Active UK Limited, Mr Mark Boyle. Mark, welcome to the cat. Hello, thanks, Des. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, Mark. And, Mark, before you started your own business, you, you worked in corporate sales. So tell us about the early years and what you feel are your most valuable transferable skills. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, it does feel like the early years now. It's probably about... Um, it was, it was around about 20 years ago. And I think in, in, initially I worked for a very large uh, telecoms organization. And there were, there were, at that point in time, they invested very heavily in myself as a salesperson. Um, and the, the structured training that I got at the time around sales uh, really helped me as I moved into, into working into, a, into a, in my own business. Um, and also I think the, the appreciation of all of the different departments and, and how a company was set up, although not that I necessarily understood all the bits. But I think initially the, the most transferable skills I got, of which the ones I uh, relied on ever since really have been a uh, sort of structured sales approach and to be able to, to understand customers' requirements and, uh, and deliver solutions to, to, to customers, really. So uh, working for a large corporation, what, what did they focus on when they were training you? It was a, it was really about different um, ways of asking questions to uncover uh, with customers what they were trying to achieve, and ensuring that you understood clearly what the customer was 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 or the, uh, the customer was trying to achieve in their business, so you could then make sure that your products or service matched their requirements. And I think that that underlying skill set of of asking lots of questions and asking questions in different ways um, has really helped across a whole host of areas um, and, and definitely running, a, running my own business, really. And you're no doubt rubbing shoulders uh, with other professionals in different departments. So uh, what did you learn by osmosis talking to those people? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was because the, the time, um, I mean, this, this is uh, the, the actual company was, a, was like a dot-com boom business in some respects, and it was very heavily invested in to grow um, what, was, what was going to be the fifth mobile network in the UK, a business network. Um, and there was, they invested very heavily in some really talented people across engineering, marketing, um, finance, and because I was part of a very early recruit within that process, I got to meet lots of people um, across different uh, different areas. Really, I mean, the company grew from from twenty thirty employees. I think at uh, its peak, it had over sixteen hundred, uh, and that was all done over a, a twelve to um, twelve to eighteen month period. It was it was a period of phenomenal growth, um, and it was very it was very enjoyable, and exciting business to be in at the time. Really. Um, but yeah, that, that that exposure to to really talented people that they brought in was um, was yeah real real life opening what people did in other departments and roles really. So moving on to to your redundancy, most people being made redundant generally start looking for a new position, but you decided to start your own business. So 
share with us the, the rationale behind the decision and, and help us understand some of the, the, the key issues involved in successfully launching a new business. I think looking back at the time, um, the, the, because I was made redundant after I was worked for the, for the company for six months when they were in administration, um, and there was probably about 150 salespeople with similar sales skill sets, sorry, that, that had launched, hit the marketplace before me, really. So there was a bit of an element, so I didn't really have much choice, in all honesty. There were very few uh, jobs in, in our industry at that point in time. Um, and But I'd always had a... A, a real interest in businesses and how business works, and I also wanted to to have control of my own um, my own world, really, to a certain degree. Um, and it always excited me, and and I think that's what um, when when it was difficult to get another role, and you know, I had a mortgage to pay, and I, I needed to earn money, really. So the only option, really, at that point in time, was to to start my own business, and and it, I think, in some respects, um, I was relatively young at, at that point in time i think i think these days lots of people start businesses lots of people do it these days whereas um, back sort of early it was 2001 um i was 25 and there was there wasn't really many people doing it in the it was it just it didn't seem as daunting as it possibly would have been <laughs> if i thought about it properly really yeah yeah you've decided to start your own business um i think some people may have considered changing course but they'll still think it's a bold move what would you say are some of the key issues involved in in launching uh, a business successfully launching it one thing i've always tried to do from for my entire career is to, is to you you've got to have a product or a service that there is a demand in the marketplace that you understand where you're going to get those customers from and it and i guess that's sort of that that's sort of business fundamental really and the challenge, I think, is is that having enough early momentum within a, a business to understand, you know, whether, you, whether that product or service is actually viable, and whether it's whether you're going to be able to generate enough revenue or income to be a sustainable business, or it's going to be able to, you know, provide enough income for you to um, to, to to take the income that you wish to yourself personally. And I think that's a really that, that's a really challenging. Um, part of any any small startup business is getting from that place of I've got a really good idea and I think I can sell it into to customers and customers want to buy from it to actually becoming a viable business and having enough scale and revenue to actually become a a business rather than um, sort of something on, on a smaller scale really and I think I think that's a, a massive challenge and trying to get over that hurdle um, is, is really you know is really hard and it took uh, at the time I, I think it was nearly two years before we had we had a business that was actually viable as a as an independent entity really and it could it could actually pay our wages and and do all the things that businesses the business should be able to do um, but it was hard work and it, it took a lot of effort and energy to to get it up to that point really and how difficult was it to get your first customer well the, the customer bit was relatively straightforward um because the business that we came from um in essence really they closed a big part of their business down so there were lots of customers that we dealt with that they wanted to talk to us about um about uh, products and services which at that point in time was business mobile phones and other telecoms products so there was a there, it wasn't hard to gain the first customers but it was gaining enough customers on scale to actually make it financially viable was was really yeah. hard and that took um and 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 
because we'd worked in a, a situation where customers have contracts, there's a period of time before they're, they're willing to have that conversation with you, really. Um, and, and building that sales pipeline and that momentum within the business was, was really challenging. But, yeah, so winning customers at the time uh, was, was, was relatively straightforward. Gaining the revenue to make the business successful was the heart of it. Today we're talking to Mark Boyle, the Managing Director of Active UK Limited. Uh, Mark, uh, according to your website, you, you take the pain out of managing your customers' communications technology. So tell us what this involves and talk us through the aspects of your business that make you substantially different to your competitors. Yeah, thank, thanks, Des. It's a really, that's a fantastic question. Um, the core thing for us is, is that we, we want to understand our customers' needs and requirements and where, what they're trying to do with their business. Every, every business is different in, in a, um, and has different needs and challenges. And, and I think where we, dif- we differentiate ourselves is that when we recommend a technology or a solution is that we want to do that for the, the, the medium term. So we're trying to make sure that we're, we're solving the problem for, for the customer in the right way. We're not just trying to sell a piece of technology for the sake of selling a piece of technology. We want to find something that, that works for the customer and then starts a relationship with us that then builds a long-term um, relationship, which, which oh, that we can then build on over, over many years, really. And, and I think it's that one of the key differentiators in our marketplace is that we're only, we only want to sell the right things to our customers and we also want a, a long-term relationship that's mutually beneficial for both parties. Um, not all of our competitors have that same business model, um, and what that's enabled us to do over many years is to, to to start and sell technology successfully. It's also built long-term relationships, which our customers come back for, for more products and services over many years, which gives us a, a brilliant, um, stable base to then develop and build new products and services and, and offer new things into our customers that helps them um, move their businesses forward. So, in other words, you, it's a tailor-made plan for for each customer. Yes, I think, I think we, what we like to talk about is that we we um, we customise our solutions for for our customers. We we don't we're not bespoke in the sense we build, but all of our our solutions are um, we we go out into the marketplace and we research different technology providers for our for our customers. Um, some things like Microsoft is. You know, is, is obviously um, that's one of the you know 95% of all businesses in the UK use Microsoft in some, some shape or form. But we make what we do is we we test a, a number of our technology providers. And we make sure we're recommending the right technology for our for our customers. Um, we do that hard bit for our customers rather than having to go out and research the marketplace themselves. We we put our recommendation for what's the right thing and w- which will be great value for money and will also solve their problems so they don't have to um, they're not the, the risk of making the wrong decisions is far lower with us than if, if you were doing it yourself and if you're working that close with customers presumably you've got your ear to the ground regarding feedback and, and uh, things that may change for a customer yeah definitely I mean I mean, I think there's the, the, the initial technology or the type of technology is one thing the, the delivering the, the service and supporting and, and really, and really being there when the customer needs you to be is the the other side of the equation, really. Because, you know, if someone has, um, so for example, this morning we've got one of our customers, uh, fantastic uh, business, five six five six locations. Um, one of their sites has got a power power outage. Um, now we know that their support our network is is is, um, is off, and we're getting messages from our systems telling us that. 
we know it's a power outage, um, so we know it's not necessarily a technology issue. What we're trying to do is we're trying to be ahead of the, the curve for our customers, so we're, we're in advance know of any problems before any actually um, any happens, and we can we can support them to reduce any impact on their business. Yeah. Okay, so moving along, Mark, uh, as a as a result of the pandemic, you you've been through the process of of uh, establishing your own distributed workforce, um, and and as a result of that, you were in an ideal position to to advise and support other businesses on on how to organise their staff working from home. So. Give us an insight into how you survived the pandemic and and some of the ex- some examples of of how you've supported your customers. It's interesting, and I, I don't think we're, we're out of the woods yet, but we, we look like we're hopefully at the edge of the woods um, in terms of the pandemic. And 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 I think to me, there's really three phases that we've seen internally. The first phase was when we suddenly had all of our customers and ourselves included that had to fundamentally changed the way we've been working overnight pretty much um, and that put massive pressure on our, our engineering teams and our support teams to very rapidly help our customers deploy laptops set up a remote phone systems put transfer of calls and all of the things that came out of that so put additional security measures in place on their networks so people could work from home and that was a a very intense period for us in terms of our uh, our resource our engineers were, were you know were we're working very long hours with you know with, with tight um, pressure and but we we managed to to do that and we got some fantastic feedback from our customers in terms of how we supported them um it was almost that emergency phase initially and then we moved into the into the middle part which was probably june july of, of last year up to probably christmas when people realized well, what they put in place in the first the first to just get people working from home they needed to then invest in new products and services and new technology that was going to help them because this wasn't going away it wasn't something that was not everyone was going to be back in the office in you know in, in 90 days it was something that was going to last a lot longer really so then when we had customers then coming back to us saying right well we're working at home now uh, we need different ways of working we need different technology to support us can you help and i know i think at that time um we'd, we'd had a what we had to do is we, we had to think again about the type of um, support we're offering our customers and customers were asking for a bit more consultancy and they were asking for a little bit more thought from us to input into what they what they were trying to do in their businesses really and then the third phase now is really that I think customers are now looking to us for understanding how they some of these things become more permanent in terms of a hybrid working environment which is sort of the, the phrase that people are using really I think but I think there's very few customers think they're going to go back to where we where we were pre-pandemic. I think every business has shifted their their approach and the, the way they use technology. Um, but and that's our job is to is to try and help our customers figure out what's the right thing for them. How do they how do they operate? Where do they store the data? How do people receive phone calls from customers? How do they know if people are are doing a, are doing a good job receiving phone calls from customers? How do they know that people are answering the calls successfully? Um, all of those things are, are, are partly of, of what we do and what we what we help our customers with. But it, we've had to, um, as a business, we've had to move very rapidly, uh, and we've had to invest in our own skills ourselves. And we've we've had to move very quickly over the last six to twelve months. And it's it's been exciting, but it's also it's also been challenging as well. Really. Yeah. And, uh, no, know, I I can fully understand that, and you you're quite right. 
Well, a lot of businesses have have adopted a different business model because of the the pandemic, and um, it's obviously in some cases dramatically reduced their cost base. Today, we're talking to Mark Boyle, the managing director of Active UK Limited. Uh, Mark, you've uh, you've recently been through the uh, I would call it a tortuous process, but but uh, I know you you uh, you've done it many times, so it's something that you can do probably without thinking too much. But the process of rebranding the company, so share with us why this was necessary, and how you ensure that it has a positive effect on future uh, future business. Yeah, thank, thanks. It's, just, it's a really interesting question. It's something that I'm quite passionate about branding within businesses. I think that that passion came from um, we, we've worked over many years with uh, Widow Two, and we were part of when they launched O2 in the um, UK. They were originally BT Selma, and they rebranded. They, they split out of BT and became O2. And I, I think it probably would be argued that's one of the most successful rebranding that's, that's ever. Um, that's ever taken place in the UK and it, it led to being um, the brand being rolled out over Europe as well, really. And I think internally, uh, what I could see working with O2 at that point in time was that the power of of a, of a rebrand and aligning the brand to a, a really clear a clear message, um, both internally and externally. Um, and you could argue that the most, the most valuable part of O2 is their brand. Um, so, Standing on the shoulders of the giants, what, what we've tried to do at Active, or I've always thought to do, is to keep our brand fresh and relevant in our marketplace. Um, and we've, we've probably rebranded three or four times over the, the last uh, 20 years, and we've just recently gone through another iteration. And, and I think we probably left it a little bit long last time. Um, it, we let the, the brand become a little bit less relevant in in the marketplace, and we needed to evolve it and move it forward again, really. And it, I just think it's a fantastic focal point for internally and externally and it gives people something to be proud of and something to, to buy into really so I'm, I'm very passionate about about branding and particularly in small businesses because I think it's something that if done correctly can project your your business far particularly with these days with digital and, and websites and social media get your brand get the brand right and you can catapult businesses forward far faster than, than lots of other lots of other activities really and what would you say were the key elements of a strong brand? I think I think is understanding again going back to understanding that your customers and and how what they want to you know what's your marketplace you you exist within um, what what type of a brand do you want to be how how do you want to communicate with your customers what's the persona of, of the business um, and I think if you've got a really clear idea of that, and companies that have got a really clear idea about it can translate that, then engage with a, you know, a marketing agency to translate that into something that reflects their, the personality of the business. And then if, if you've got that right, then it, it, it naturally, customers will, will gravitate towards that and they'll, they'll, the, the emotions that the, the brand will drive within your target customer base will, will enable you to, uh, to attract the customers that, that want to be attracted to you but also be um, enabled you to, to help through in the sales process or, or the validation process as well. It's very interesting. When would you suggest would be the ideal time then to rebrand? I don't think there's ever about. I mean, I, I think I, I think obviously um, if you were launching a new business, I think I think would would want to think very clear, carefully about brand and, and and how you would launch the business. But I also think um, there's no bad time to do it. Um, I just think it's like everything. 
you need to do it properly. It needs a level of thought, and um, and um, it's not just as simple as, as just drawing a logo. Uh, I think I think you need to have a little level of thought and uh, before you actually embark on any rebranding exercises. Okay, so Mark, training staff members and and building a cohesive team is an expensive business, and and you have very loyal staff. So, tell us how you ensure that you hold on to this precious resource. What we've always tried to do is we just try to pe- treat people as people, to to hold and to create a working environment that that's positive from both a um, a management perspective, but also an environment as well. So it's a it's a nice place to work. Um, we've got clarity around people's roles and what we expect of them and also what we don't expect of people. Um, and we also invest a lot of time and energy into our recruitment process so that we, we have a, a really good chance of getting the right type of people that, that fits within our culture. Not everybody does. Our culture doesn't work for everybody. Some people don't enjoy working in, in our environment. Uh, and then I think if we align those things and then we, we keep people, we, we ensure that people feel valued in our, in our organisation and we hold them accountable uh, for what they're doing well and what, what they're, uh, they need to improve on, um, we build a really honest working relationship in it and, and people know where they are in it and they, they do tend to stay with us over, uh, over, a, over a long period of time. And clearly, that's what you want. Presumably, there's um, there's staff training involved over a period to, to ensure that you uh, manage out any issues that, that a staff uh, member is having with their their role. Yeah, yes, of course. I mean, I think you know we we, we suffer as a lot of small businesses from that. Um, our there's a lot of knowledge from our about our customers and our processes uh, that are locked up within our in our people. Um, and that, in some respects, is a real strength because you've got some people with really great knowledge of customers and their their needs and their requests. But it also is, you know, it, it also can be a challenge if you know if that person leaves leaves the business, you can leave a real gap and a and a hole in its heart. And then you've got to invest very heavily in time and energy to get a, a new person back up to up to speed, really. So, yeah, and I, th- I think that's one of the um, one of our key challenges um, is that is the knowledge that people hold in their heads and how do we how do we get that a little bit more effectively into processes and systems, really? Um, but that's, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a challenge that we're, that we're working on at the moment, really. Today, we're talking to the Managing Director of Active UK Limited, Mr Mark Boyle. Uh, Mark, you've already discussed about O2 being uh, one of your major partners and, and you've won several O2 awards, including the O2 Customer Excellence Award. So... Tell us about the awards and why you feel they're important to you and the team. Um, yeah, thank, thanks, Daz. I think the main, the main thing for, for any customer or any external recognition um, is the internal, you know, it, it gives the in the business such a massive boost. Um, and, it, and it reflects back when someone externally is, is saying that you're, you're doing, in essence, a great job. And the Customer Excellence Award was, was certainly that. And... Um, People, you know, um, some of our people in our customer service teams and across the account management teams were delighted to to win that. And it, I think it, it, it just it, it just gives you a nice rubber stamp that you're doing a good job and, and that um, and that you're you're valued by O2 and by your customers as well. And presumably, the team go along to the award ceremony, or some of them. It must improve morale because they'll naturally talk about it to their colleagues, won't they? Yeah, they will. And unfortunately, there's not been many award ceremonies over the last, <laughs> the last no. 18 minutes or so. 
Um, what O2 did last time uh, as part of the prize, actually, it was a really nice gesture, is that they paid for like a, a, like a food box for everybody within the team. And we shared that. So everybody got their own, um, their own meal. Um, and so, so that's what they, you know, that was the, that was the shared. And then we, what we did is we, we did a, um, we got everybody on a, on a, on a call, on a Zoom call. Uh, and we did a, a, like a, we had a, a, a magician and we did a few bits and a quiz night. So we did a few bits to celebrate and everybody had, had the, uh, the, the meal that O2 provided and we, we got together as a team and, and enjoyed that. But yes, normally we would have gone out and, uh, and had a, and had a night out together. But yeah, unfortunately, at the moment, with the pandemic, it's not quite been the same. No, but nevertheless, you've won the award and it clearly yeah. reflects uh, on your achievements uh, as a business and the way you deal with your customers. So, Mark, you, as you've already outlined, this this is an exciting time for Active UK and, and it's important that you continue to grow your market share. So, so give us an indication of what the future holds for the industry and more specifically Active UK Limited. You know, obviously, there's, the, the pandemic has um, caused enormous challenges for, for lots of businesses across the UK. And um, the flip side of, of, of some of that is that the a lot of the technology to enable the way we're working and remote working has been in place for many years. And I think the interesting point is, if you if you think we'd have, if we'd had the pandemic possibly five years ago, certainly eight years ago, we would not have been able to successfully work uh remotely in the way that everybody has over the last um the last 18 months to two years really and and i think that so all of the, the this technology has existed but the desire the desire for companies to adopt this technology hasn't been existed and we've suddenly rapidly changed that um in a very very short pace of time most business technology takes years to um to deploy uh, like mobile phones within businesses probably took 10 or 15 years to to actually get to the point where everybody in a business who wanted one would have one. Uh, mobile email, so another technology that these days you you would think, why on earth wouldn't I have my email on my, my mobile phone? You know, very much that took five years to to um, to roll out into into businesses. Whereas the the, the remote working or the, the working from home in the unified comms with the um, the web hosting etc. Uh, the 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 video conferencing, et cetera, and the messaging and presence has, has literally rapidly exploded. And, and what that does is that, it, that customers and businesses are very much open to looking to work in a new way. And I think the next phase of that is building on that, that technology that, that exists currently in the way people are working, uh, enabling customers to collaborate, collaborate more effectively. So having meetings that are more productive, um, sharing information, much more um, easily between businesses, stopping the overlap of different conversations, and how do you replicate the the, the in that being in an office environment um, and that you know the the casual conversations that fuel business really, and how do you do that through technology? And I think all of those there's lots of people that are trying to think about how to help with those um, those those challenges, and and you know we're very much doing that as well at the moment really. So it's it's a very exciting time, and and I think. We've got to get the balance right between technologies for technology's sake and products and services that support our customers and help them become more 
productive and efficient businesses and, and yeah. so they're more successful companies. Yeah, and, and I suppose at the end of the day, um, having all the technology around you is pretty useless if you don't know how to use it. So the pandemic must have given you a whole load of confidence that uh, you're able to solve problems and, and deliver solutions very quickly. It has. I mean, I think we've had to change the way we were working. I mean, I mean, historically, we, we would have had a very much, we would have come to site and we, we would have done face-to-face training and we, we as we deployed new technologies, we we ourselves had to think about how we did that and we had to rapidly deploy video training and our engineers now record video clips for people and send video clips for training rather than um, than actually you know, having people in a in a room and talking to them or, or train the trainer approach. So we've had to change everything as well, really. And it's um, um, and we've got to we've had to think about how do our customers training needs, you know, because it you know it's not the case of just of just telling somebody how or showing someone how it works. You've got to support them over a period of time until they actually so the, the the actual the skills are embedded rather than than just sort of showing somebody once and <laughs> yeah. and, and and doing doing the next thing really. Yeah, well, we've, we're coming to the end of the interview, Mark, and I have to say thank a big thank you for giving up your time this morning uh, and, and giving us an insight into the world of business communications. Before we finish, um, should any of our listeners want to contact you, where can they find more information about Active UK Limited? Yeah, c- can contact us in, in a number of ways. Um, on Obviously, our website, which is www.activeukltd.com. Uh, or they can give us a call uh, on our main number, which is 0345 Or alternatively, just sending us, send us an email, uh, which is hello at activeukltd.com. And we're happy to have a chat with anyone. And, uh, you know, if we can help at all, uh, we'd be delighted to, uh, delighted to do so. Mark, thank you for joining us this morning here at the CAT. Yeah, no, really, thanks for having me, Daz. Really uh, enjoyed it. Some great questions there. And, uh, yeah, you got me thinking. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.